You're listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar. We spotlight the New Zealand AOS community covering tournaments, list, and book reviews. Here are your hosts, Sean and Tubbs. Sean and Tubbs. Welcome to the Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 41. We are back in your motherfucking ears with a bit of a mix show today. We've got a couple of beautiful guests that have come on to talk about a cool project they're doing and just a couple of other topics that are going on at the moment. And that's going to be more or less a show format. So it's me, your boy, Sean, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely sidekick co-host, Mr. Tubman. Tubby, where you at? The fucking sidekick? Yep. You are the Robin to me being the Batman. So deal with it. <laughs> you know, I've decided. Anyway, we've got some beautiful guests on, as I mentioned. Uh, returning guest just recently, Jesse. Jesse, how are you? Hey, doing good. Happy to be back. Fantastic. That's what we like to hear. And then we've also got, got Jesse's sidekick. Jesse's Robin to, to Batman. I don't know. Is that appropriate, Jesse? What, what do you like to think yeah, of Steve? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm running this thing, things on our end, for sure. Fantastic. We've got Stephen, who's also a local Aucklander. Stephen, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here. I noticed, Stephen, you still have your email account you created when you're 12 years old. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's correct. Space Bats of Doom. Very yep. good. Is that what it is? Yeah. I see you guys talked about all this important shit while I was disciplining my son over the last hour. But yeah. Uh, cool, cool, cool. So we are going to kick off into, uh, first of all, I think what's more appropriate is uh, the reason, maybe some of the reason why Jesse and Stephen are, are on. We do have some questions and we're going to talk about some house rules and comping uh, coming up. But Jesse and Stephen have recently paired up to um, bring together, what would you call it? Is it it's Pukeko Tabletop, is that correct? It would be better you guys talk about it because you know more about it than obviously I do. But yeah organization group team what, what do you guys like to refuse yourselves as i mean we i'd say it's a company but like we haven't done any of the legal stuff to make that true so it's not really but yeah we've we've um we decided that um we wanted to i guess it's like a control thing right we're like uh we go to events and we're like ah these things could be done better and then so we're like oh we'll just do events ourselves no, that's, that's not true at all. Uh, we just uh, felt like there was maybe um, like a niche that could be could be filled in the Auckland scene particularly. Like we've got lots of like really cool clubs who are running like a lot of one-day events, things like that. Uh, but there's kind of a lack of two-day events in the Auckland region. So like, you know, we got to kind of travel to Wellington, um, you know, to come to do your events down there if you want to do a two-day event, which is which is all sweet. Um, but um, yeah, we thought like, hey, let's let's get some two-day events going in Auckland. Um, we named ourselves uh, Tabletop, so Pukeko Tabletop, um, because we want to be eventually doing more than just AOS. Although AOS is like it's definitely my passion. Um, same with Stephen, but we wanted to keep it broad so we could. You know, open things up to other systems at some point but yeah we got an event coming up uh in like a month three weeks something like that so yeah fantastic so you guys just what i'm hearing is you just started a group out of 
uh, a love of the hobby essentially and wanting to promote it uh, specifically within Auckland and um, challenge it to do a bit better. Is that fair to say, or is that me just sort of overreaching? Jesse or Stephen, either or. Yeah, um, I'll I'll throw it to Stephen here in a second because I've been I've been monopolizing the conversation <laughs> a little bit, yeah. but uh, but yeah, basically we just were like, yeah, we we have some ideas about you know how we want to kind of run things and sort of the 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 type of event we want to offer, and we'll we'll talk to it a little bit in a minute when we talk about comp, um, but um, I think that we both thought like maybe there's a an opportunity for some different types of events to to happen you know and like um when we talk about the kind of comp conversation like my my feeling on it lends itself more towards like formats right like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in uh in, in other other sports other types of events you have like you know different formats and leagues and different things uh that offer a different experience and so um we kind of wanted to see like is there something different we can offer in the match play uh community for aos and um i think there's some some scope for that so yeah yeah no that's super cool that's super cool i mean it's sort of why me and toby started this podcast really is we were at a tournament i think in hastings and we were having some drinks post and we were just having a yarn about how i think we could maybe do a podcast and try promote new zealand so um yeah that was exactly it yeah so i think that's pretty much what we you know bother to do it so it's it's good to see other people within the community uh taking not the same lead not like we're pioneers or anything that's total shit because we just copied other people but you know just getting out there and wanting to make an effort to deliver um a product's probably the wrong term but you know deliver a better experience uh or deliver more variety is probably the best way i can put it to be honest because it sounds like you guys are looking to diversify yourselves from from the norm which is um pretty cool so no, i'm glad to see it so well done good job taking the first step yeah cheers. Has, um, has stephen got a 3d printer as well i have a like shitty uh like the plastic one as a fdm or whatever so oh, yeah. I, I, jesse's got a resin one we are looking yeah. at getting a better one so that we can print some terrain and stuff um, but yeah, because I got one of my mate's old ones when he upgraded to resin printer. So like, it's great for like movement gauges and like movement trays and stuff. But like for actual models or terrain, it looks like garbage. Yeah, I think it's like quite a cool thing too, though. If you're trying to like grow a community, obviously the hobby's just got more and more expensive. Is that like you can show people that you can just print your models and where to find that from and stuff like that. Um, to make it more like available for other people. Yeah, that's something I definitely agree with and something I'm absolutely looking into myself for um notorious events is looking at terrain and then thinking, man, if I just brought standard GW terrain, it's like a hundred dollars a piece, right? Essentially, in this country. And that's it's just not sustainable to um raise funds through tickets to do such a thing. So because essentially two tickets is one piece of terrain with a little bit left over. So I think we need to get some some printers tubby so if any printer yeah. companies listening and they want to sponsor us i will absolutely <laughs> fucking sell out and eat some ass on air and um promote the shit out of your product if you want to give it to me for free so <laughs> yeah i'm shameless i'll do it you know I'll, I'll disclose it too so anyway cool should we get into some some listener questions uh so 
about six hours ago, according to Facebook, I just popped up a post and we got oh, just under 20 comments. So it's good to see the community engagement and it's strictly on the New Zealand page. So sorry for our international listeners. We didn't give you time to respond or anything like that. Um, and we'll just go through these. I'll pop the question and we'll go for Jesse, Stephen, then Tubby. And I might add my two cents if I feel like it, but these guys are probably going to cover off more or less what I'm thinking between the three of them. Uh, so the first one is from uh, Bart, Bart from Auckland. Should people son be comp such band since it moves each hero phase? Uh, that's a, what is it? A 50% chance per round uh, that it kills a unit. So what's our thoughts on Purple Sun? We'll just summarize the question like that, Jesse. Is it too good, too bad? What do we got? Yeah, I'll, I mean, Bart's a mathematician, so we can forgive him for putting math in, in one of these questions and making us read it out. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Purple Sun is, like, uh, it's it's good. It's, it's really good. In some games, it will um, kill your god model, you know, but that's just... That's just how it is. Um, I think that this sort of like should it be comped banned thing probably leads into our discussion we'll have in a few minutes about like banning and comping for events as like as a whole. Um, so I think yeah, like holistically, if the event is a comped event event or like a, a format event or like an event that's running you know something specific, then um, yeah, that might get comped or banned in along with that like overall package but like does that specific thing need to be called out and banned at every event nah nah steven any ideas yeah um i think it's kind of hard where it's like comping and banning i think like jesse said if the whole event is like that like, I know for Wellington for 40k, the Field of Blood used to be comped, and at first I hated it, but I think if the whole event is like that, it can lead to great events. But I think just nuking one or two models is probably a mistake. Like, I'm not a fan of the one in six chance of just nuking a model, but, like, G-Dub makes some pretty unusual rule choices a lot of the time anyway. And, like, Jesse and myself have taken advantage of a lot of broken rules in the past so it's like i think just playing for the most part gdub as they intend aos to be played is fine cool cool and tubby i'm looking forward to hearing yours on this because i know where you normally stand on comping so um please don't yeah. let me down unsurprisingly fucking I'm not gonna comp fucking purple sun man like <laughs> yeah. every fucking army can take purple sun there's no fucking like one army's ahead because they can take it and one army can't. It's not a fucking old school lightning vortex or anything like that. Um, games are over in this edition faster than the previous edition in my, in my eyes. So um, something that takes models off on a small chance is fucking cool, whatever. Um, yep. I think if you're looking at comp things, you're looking at, you're looking in the wrong place. If yeah, you're looking I... at an endless spell. Yeah, my two cents would be I sort of agree with you. Yeah, it's powerful, but every army know everyone knows before playing a game, excluding maybe brand new players that it exists. Everyone has access to a wizard or some sort of defense or ignore of spell. Um, yeah, it's going to be feel bad, you know, one in six times. Uh, but I feel like there's you know there is ways that you can access defense against it pretty easily for allies or just. 
your own war scrolls that you might not normally take and, and the likes. You know, like that Stormcast. There's a Stormcast dude where, like, purple, where, sorry, endless spells can't, like, move within three inches of him or six inches of him. The knight, something that no one ever fucking takes, but now maybe you take him in Stormcast, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, that's that's more or less where I'm at with it is not yet, but maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for peer pressure. Uh, so maybe in six months' time, if every single list has a purple sun then we might have to address it then. I don't know. Um, Daniel's got a question specifically for Steven. As a Seraphon player, do you see the game for Saurus and Gallet? Is that what we're calling him? Gallet? Galliet? Any recommendations for Saurus lists? Steven, the Seraphon player, got any recommendations? Uh, I mean, my problem is I don't really like a lot of the Saurus models, so I haven't really looked at them. I think the Knights, is it Saurus Knights or whatever, could go hard. A lot of it is, like, if you put them in Bounty Hunters, they get, like, seven attacks or something. Uh, three of them, I think. Uh, damage three on the charge with the Lancers, assuming they're worded that way with the new FAQ. But, like, I think a lot of it comes down to you're going to run into cases of, like, are you worried about the veterans or are you just bounty huntering? Um, I haven't played any games of the new GHB, whereas I know Tubby has. So he's probably more familiar. Like for myself, I've been looking at, is it Dracothian's Tale or whatever, for like summoning and teleport shenanigans because salamanders don't give you the hunt points anymore. But like, I think you probably could. Uh, not particularly helpful. Maybe my final mm. answer is just like a maybe. <laughs> like. As as a Seraphon player, I think it's best if you take those and put them back in your kid's toy box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, cool, I got nothing to add to that. So Ryan says, does Hordes have a place in this meta? Um, yes, would be my answer. Jesse? Uh, can Additional, yes. I think that um, hordes uh, leads into like the I'm going to call them GV, get like yeah. Galatian yeah. veterans or like however you want to. We'll just say GV, right? Yeah, so, GV. I think everyone said that. At this yeah, point. it's just it's easier, right? Yeah, um, people aren't going to be so. tuning in for the first time to this podcast without knowing any fucking thing <laughs> in the last yeah. few weeks. Maybe me, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so we'll just define it here. GV, Galatian veterans, right? So um, I think that the Horde question leads into, like, the Galatian veteran question. And um, I think that with the existence of bounty hunters uh, you and the, the points you can score off of battle line that are default GV, like you don't have a choice. Like, you know, say you're playing uh, Gloom Spike Gits and you have like your shooters, right? They're one wound, they're default battle line, they're GV, there's no option. They have to be, that's just what they are. Uh, which means there's a battalion that gets plus one damage against them. Um, so I think that if you are going in the horde, uh, you want to have um, like tanky horde, like you want to have 20, 30 chain rasps who ignore rend. You want to have plague bearers. Like, I think there's a real place for that kind of quantity, that those kind of bodies. Um, but as like Tubby kind of alluded to, like I think that this is a much more lethal addition uh, with the existence of bounty hunters plus one damage against battle line. 
Um, so yeah, I think that yes, Horde does have a place, but I think that when your chaff is giving up extra points and you're taking extra damage against your chaff potentially, like you got to have a reason, you got to have an intention for every unit you take. And if you're taking a horde, that horde needs to be doing something and you need to select that, select those units, you know, keeping in mind the, the positive and negative. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it's a similar answer to, you know, what we said before with other, other questions, like Stephen was saying, it depends. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, yeah. Yes with an asterisk and no with an asterisk. Stephen, you got any um, comments or thoughts on Horde? Yeah, so I think a lot of it comes down to like the mission packs, because I know like with the GHB, there's that mission that rewards you for just murdering battle line or whatever, and it's like, and that one, like you, if you play like say like Soul Blight or whatever, and you take the usual like zombie and die wolf horde, like you're just gonna feed so many points over a game. So I think a lot of it comes down to you should be building your army for a specific mission pack at each event, which I mean you should do anyway. But I think this one promotes it even harder with GV. So I think it will be very ornament specific as opposed to just a general like every meta. Does that mean we've got to read the battle packs now? I mean, I just asked Sam to read them for me, so nothing's <laughs> going to change. Sweet. Tubby? All right. Do Hordes have a place in this meta? No. They're worse than they've ever been. Um, when you're a Horde player, you like multiple objectives. You can score lots for and get up early. Um, still basically the same scoring system. There's more objectives uh, in a lot of these scenarios, which is good for Hordes. Uh, unfortunately, pretty much all the battle tactics uh, reward you for killing units, and when you're playing a horde, killing units is not exactly your thing. So uh, you're just going to be scoring one, two more most of the time, and then one getting deleted by bounty hunters, and then two struggling with your battle tactics. So I think it's definitely the worst uh, addition for hordes, unless something drastic changes. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then... Ryan also adds, should faction-specific grand strategies, and this is a real hot one at the moment, so we might spend a minute on this, should faction-specific grand strategies and battle tactics be allowed in tournament play? Uh, Jesse, you want to lead us off with this one? Uh, yeah, this is, like, the real, like, hot-button issue right now, and it's, like, kind of part of the reason for, like, doing this topic on this podcast, right, is to, like, get into talking about comp and and this this leads into that so um the big difference here is like unlike the purple sun which we talked about and you know kind of said was not an issue faction specific grand strats and battle tactics are a not available to all factions at this point uh b some factions have a like phone at home write it in White Dwarf article that was done with obviously very little effort. And some factions have, a, you know, brand new books um, that have, you know, multiple battle tactics and, and grand strats. Uh, and then even further than that, there's like another tier of like new books that have uh, grand strats or battle tactics that are wildly easier to achieve than other new books. So essentially what we're, what we're dealing with is a, is a disparity in 
in in the rules in the the relative ease of accomplishing these different things um i agree with steven that in some ways we should be playing the game as games workshop intended like you know they've they've done things that we may may, may or may not agree with individually at, at various times but like it's the game we play right so let's just play the game as it was designed um one half of me thinks that um but the other half of me is like i want everyone to be on as even a ground as possible going into events so that player skill and you know your your individual choices and and your decisions on the table are the reason why you win you know or or are a contributing factor to to um to your performance on the tabletop so um we have made the decision for our doubles event coming up um that it's it's a comp event we said that from the start so it's this goes along with that and we have banned uh faction specific grand strats and battle tactics um everyone's drawing from the same pool in that case we're using the, the ghb 22 using all those rules using that as a self-contained battle pack and uh, i think there's some real um arguments to be made for for that um but on a like on a gt level on like a singles competitive level um yeah part of me still thinks we should all be playing the same game and leans away from comp so again <laughs> i guess like, like we said before before it's like yes and no um yeah it's a tough one for sure yep i don't disagree with with that last comment specifically as well Stephen, you got any questions any thoughts beyond that mate yeah, so the only thing like I don't like about it is the fact that I, as far as I'm aware, Doc is the only army that has like bonus points in their one. Like, I think every army at the end of the year, assuming Gits and Ogres are the structure ones, will have their own list of them. So that's fairly balanced. But if Doc are the only army that has access to like a higher ceiling, that seems kind of shit. But then, like, also my armies that I own are like Seraphon and Zanch. So I'm used to like abusing G-dubs like rules biases. So I mean, I think it's fine. I think the only thing where is if say like Auckland started not allowing them for every event, and like Wellington did allow them for stuff like Masters, you're going to run into an issue of like half the country is playing like a different, effectively format of AOS. And so either one half has like a big leg up or a big leg down, depending. But yeah, like I'm very torn on it. So yep, yep. Tubby, you got any further comments, my friend? Uh, it's really, just sort of branching off what uh, Stephen said there. Um, obviously, we're starting to well, pack's pretty much done for Notorious, so we're ready to go. Um, Battle tactics, grand strats, leave them all in the game, it's fine. Um, the only thing that, and I'm super anti-comp, but the only thing that I would be interested in comping is just removing the one bonus point from um, from Doc at this current state. Um, looking forward, though, it's in the Doc book, it's going to be in the future books. Uh, so the future books are likely going to score an extra point for um, doing things with GVs as well. 
if it's not or there's not a lot of books out by that time with the extra points i would just like to remove the extra point um and let everyone have their battle tactics because cool yeah some are better than others some armies are better than others that might be the leg up or the leg down i don't see uh, a need to get rid of battle tactics uh it's like you know when you see a tournament's been played and it's been comped and you're like oh really interesting how the fuck did that list win and then you see it's been comped or you see the events comped in the first place and you just don't care about it if you don't play comp in your side of the world or your you know an island of the country or whatever i just feel like it just separates everything when you start chucking comp into it where generally and it's generally not necessary to comp things so no no i'm not a comp fan yep yeah i um somewhat agree with you which might be spoiling what we're probably looking to do in the notorious pack that's soon to be released um i feel like there's enough white dwarf articles and enough battle times out now that most of the armies are covered by new grand strategies and battle tactics i wouldn't know what the percentage is off the top of my head but i'd say it's probably at least at a guess maybe 60 percent i don't know i could be well wrong um i probably should look into that before i make these decisions and comments in a public forum but anyway um yeah i really don't like the extra bonus points uh being scored by you know completing with like specific units obviously daughters of cain is uh, the one we're referring to here it's not daughters of cain's players fault that um their comp ones are super easy i mean sorry that their battle tactics and grand strategies are super easy but um it just is what it is i just don't like the extra point uh next question is cullum saying why is scaven the best race uh what do you think of the new books of scaven and tree boys uh quickly we'll do a episode with scaven mitch pretty soon on scaven but otherwise jesse what do you think of scaven and trees just quickly um yeah i think that both books are good um i think that uh the skaven book in particular really appeals to like a certain type of of like techie techie player um i mean to be honest sylvanath as well um it's one of those like toolboxy armies now um but yeah like i think that skaven good uh i think kind of low effort in some ways like comparative to some of the other new books like i think that it's sort of changed the least in some ways, but the changes they made uh, were good. Like the taking away the, the silly, like if you want to run a certain clan, you have to have like that general, and then you can only take that clan units. And, and so, yeah, fixing up the battle line situation, I think was just like a huge uh, like quality of life improvement for Skaven. Um, yeah, and I think, I think they have some, some really good builds now um uh for sylvaneth i think that um it's potentially very good um again both books are so new that we haven't seen a lot of tournament results with them yet but um yeah i think the i think i think what we can say is that the sylvaneth book isn't worse than their last book which i don't think we could say for the book before it so that's that's a it's got to be an improvement there right cool cool steven 
uh, I haven't looked at either book yet, unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's fine, dude. I'm, I'm more or less in the same boat. That's why it was like, I'm going to defer to when we have Mitch on. He'll tell me how good Skaven is and trees. Like, I don't know. They'll be doing dumb tree shit. Like always, I'm sure it's better than their last book, which is fucking garbage. But I don't know if it's as good as their first book, which was like hot money for a minute. Um, Tubby? Uh, I'm not going to talk about Skaven because we can leave Mitch to do that. But uh, Sylvanef, I played against Sylvanef twice in the new GHB, uh, and it feels significantly better than the last book. Um, a lot of the awkward things, like the wholly within ranges of trees, uh, your ability to teleport around, um, block line of sight, do things like that. The stuff that I don't know a Sylvanef army should feel like. Um, it's back in there, like it was in the first book. So I think. As it stands, the Sylvanev book is in a significantly better place um, and it will feel like you're playing Sylvanev. So uh, I think that's great. Um, going back onto the earlier question, I just had a quick looky. Um, there's four armies that don't have their own battle tactics out of all the armies, which are Zench, uh, More Tribes, Gits, and. Oh, fuck. What was the okay. last one? Yeah, so Zench yeah. is getting a new book soon, so doesn't count. Yeah. More Tribes. I think Gets is going to be the destruction book. That's sort of the rumor on the I, street, right? Fuck it. You'd fucking hope so. And more tribes and then one, what is it? Oh, it's uh, Luminef. Oh, yeah, but they're getting a new book too. So yeah. all but two armies in the next okay. kind of like two weeks. Um, because I'd expect that Luminef and Zenchput to be up pretty soon. And maybe even the Gets one. So it would just be more, more tribes. tribes. Yeah, be one army. Or, or maybe it could be Gets. Who knows? Depending yeah. on what they do. Just saying it's quite a good... Um, point to bring up out of the 20 odd fucking armies no, no, there I, are there's a very very small portion which don't have their own yeah i i agree it's sort of what oh there's two destruction books okay then that's easy so i'd say yeah that sort of reinforces reinforces what i was saying where like everyone has access to them unfortunately some of them are fucking bent and some of them aren't very good um which is which is a big issue to be honest um and I don't feel like players should be punished for rules writers making some of them better than others. But I feel like as TOs, there's something we can do to to tone down the more abusive ones. All right. So Zane says, at Bates, so he's referring to me, uh, how good is the battle line surviving green strategy? Um, how good is that battle line surviving green strategy? How about we flip it this way? Just quickly go around the room. What's the best grand strategy in your opinion? Jesse? Uh, yeah, I I think all the grand strategies are harder in the new GHB, which I think is a very good thing. I think, like, to Zane's point, like, the fact that, like, I don't know, 80% of lists took either the battle line surviving grand strat, the monster surviving grand strat, or the wizard surviving grand strat, depending on like what was the most numerous in their army in the old GHB, right? I feel like because those are all gone, I feel like that's nothing but a good thing. But what's the best one? That's what I want to know. What do you think is the best one? Uh, I think it's conditional now. I think oh, I think I think again Jesse, like God, we need, we need, we need, we need no, to be come on, <laughs> come on, Jesse, can't be on the fence this much. You just need to say. This one. 
Uh, you don't need to quantify it. So to to be honest, I need to have the list pulled up in front of me to 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 make a decision. But like I do, yeah, I do stand, I do stand by it. But I think like it very much depends on your on your army build, and there isn't a default one anymore. Which like yeah, again, I think it's a good thing. So uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Stephen, you got any? Yeah, I know you haven't played a lot, but um, recently, you got any comments on that best one? Uh, so unlike Jesse's non-answer, I think the best one is the one where you just have a dude sitting in the middle of the field at the end of like the center oh, point, yeah. and you win easily the best. So that's the four quarters one, and you can just have one person. Yeah, just have it. one yeah. model yeah, on yeah. the center point. Yeah, so that that should be pretty solid, unless there's like terrain in the middle of the board, and then that becomes a bit harder. Tubby, yeah, that's true. Probably the most experienced player here for the new AOS so far. Uh, best one in my opinion is No Place for the Week, which is the kill all their GVs, but all their battle line, which will be GVs. Um, pretty much every list is going to have bounty hunters. Killing GVs is not hard. Um, yeah, best by far. I think the Grand Strats now are more interesting because previously all the Grand Strats that you see was don't let this cunt die. Don't let all your fucking battle line die. Don't let all your monsters die. Or don't let all your fucking wizards die. So it was pretty fucking gimme boring. Um, I'm not saying this one's really that much harder, to be honest. Um, but it's a little bit more interactive than just fucking hide your dickhead at the back of the board when the game gets late and you're losing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm just going to copy what Tubby said because he's played more games of this new battle, uh, GHP, than I have, so my comment won't be any good. Uh, Lachlan says, thoughts on Bone Reapers, KO, and Crawl Boys? So, three specific armies. I know Tubby plays Tordos 3. Uh, Jesse, you want you got any specific thoughts on Bone Reapers, KO, and Crawl Boys? Um, I'll leave Cruel Boys for Tubby because he's obviously got much more experience similarly with KO. Uh, OBR, keep him on the shelf. Just nah. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, Stephen, any comments on KO, Cruel Boys, Bone Reapers? Uh, I'm excited for yeah. I'm excited for the cruel boys buffs that they got with grinning blades. And if anyone has cruel boys, please sell them to me because they're hard to find. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just buy the starter box for it. You'll be sweet. Yeah, I have one coffee. We'll get more. Yeah, yeah. Tubby, you uh, you play KO, you play cruel boys. You're probably the most informed person on this specific question. No one seems to care about bone reapers or no or think they're trash. So my take on bone reapers is. What's actually changed to make them better? You can take Stalkers a bit as battle line. Sweet fuck all. Let's be honest. Really no change. Uh, KO? Find Tim Lynn and ask him about Bone Reapers. There you go. There's your yeah. answer. They would tell you that's the fucking same. Um, KO? KO's in a much better spot. Uh, battle tactics are killing things, which KO's good at killing things. Not so good at holding objectives, uh, so that's a big up for KO. Um, <clears throat> and they also got their uh, get out of your boat rule fixed, which is really nice. Uh, Crawl boys, Crawl boys, I think are still in a pretty similar spot to what they were before. Uh, I think they just give you two build variations now, which is really nice. Uh, so in my opinion, big yellows, which was the uh, the longer range shooting one. Uh, was always best as a mixed army where you take some good combat and some good shooting uh, and you don't spam 
19, oh, sorry, 18, 21 Bolt Boys. Now they give you Grin and Blades, so now you can spam 21 Bolt Boys if you want. Um, basically, it just gives you a build variation. I don't think that either one is better than the other necessarily from the games that I've played. Um, I still think the army's a fine 4-1 if you're a good player army, uh, but unfortunately I think you're most of the time still going to be better off playing Big War if you want to try and get the 5-0 uh, because it still gives you the best Cruel Boys part, which is the Mortals. Um, you just lose some dirty tricks, which are average sometimes and fantastic other times. Uh, the not being shot outside of 12 inches or targeted outside of 12 inches is really good. But then you run into some armies and then it's either pointless if they're all combat or it's pointless if they've just got out of range shooting, uh, no line of sight shooting. So I think it's one one and one foot, one and the other. It's 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 whatever. Cool boys, pretty much the same place. Cool. I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, Michael, and shout out Michael, Michael Stewart, first of all, shout out Michael. He's running his first Age of Sigma tournament next month for September, I believe it is. So next couple of months. So shout out, Michael, because we're a big shout out podcast uh, for taking this step and being a first time tier. Good on you, bro. Uh, will we see a significant drop in monsters slash monster lists at tournaments with the new GHB? And do monsters still have a place in competitive lists? Um, I'm just going to quickly jump in here because I do have a, an opinion on this. Uh, I think you'll see less incentive to take the token monster or the token free monsters if you have access to that and your list normally lent to that sort of side anyway because, you know, bonus points are like running free monsters and shit or, or Beastmaster and have one survive. Um, I believe there's definitely a place for monsters. Like, if, if you can get access to, like, a Stonehorn, because I fucking love Stonehorns, uh, I think you still take it because it's just going to fucking smoke all the GVs in the world. Um, additionally, I think you might see a bit more Stormcast Dragon specifically. I can't even remember the cunt's name. What's the what's the slappy angry one? Karazai? Karaz the one that attacks. Oh, get him. Yeah, he's busy fucking drowning in the sea. Is he? I don't know. The the, the one that the one that does like the tail and the amount of attacks around. I think you'll see that. I think you'll see probably a few Fire Slayers uh, Magma Dross come out as well because there's some pretty good lists like that and they will fuck GVs depending on obviously what they are. But I still think they I still think they have a place. I don't think they'll be as common uh, at all, but I think you'll see, you know, a good amount of them um, still. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Jesse, you got any comments on monsters? Uh, yeah, if your monsters were good before, they're good now. Um yeah, like I think I agree with you. Like, I don't think you unnecessarily lean into monsters because now there's like no incentives on them essentially. But like, yeah, if you had a monster that was good before, if you had a Stonehorn, if you had uh, other other good monsters, they're still good. It's the same game. It's just yeah, uh, I don't think you go all out for monsters, uh, but they still work like they did. Uh, for the most part, and now like things can't ignore uh, monsters rampages, so that's that's kind of nice too. But um, yeah, I think like it's it's uh, it's a fine time for them, but it's yeah, not like, like yeah, like I think Kragnos will still have a pretty sweet place, given that he counts as a fucking million models, and he slaps so fucking hard, and he will get easy battle tactics from killing. 
you know, shit. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I still think they have places. Stephen or Jesse, did you, sorry, Jesse, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think they have a place, but they aren't going to be like something that you go out of your way to take if there isn't another reason why you're taking them, I guess. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Stephen? Um, yeah, so I agree. Like, I think stuff like Basilodons, uh, Kragnos, big stuff that you're taking because they're strong is still going to see play. Uh, I hadn't realized that, uh, like, I hadn't really, like, thought about the fact that, like, ignoring monstrous rampages is gone, so that's pretty good. But, like, yeah, I think having stuff that is still just counting as multiple models is going to be solid, given how easy, like, all these counter three infantry are going to be to wipe. So, should be good. Yep, cool, Tubby. Uh, i got three takes on this one. So, first one is that uh, god-tier characters, which are almost always monsters, have gotten worse, uh, purely because most of the time they've got a lot of damage output. And that doesn't score them extra battle points anymore. <clears throat> uh, second one is any list that would just take a monster just for an easy battle tactic, uh, like chucking yeah. a Toralon or something in a Stormcast army. Yes, gives yeah. you a good bus with like the plus one hit and stuff like that. Um, but no, you can't just do an easy monstrous takeover. So the armies like that, they would just chuck in one monster so that they can get an easy battle tactic or two. Uh, that won't happen anymore. And then the third thing is, uh, it's a it's great for the armies that did like take lots of monsters, uh, the Fick and the BCR and uh, the fucking Gargants and all that sort of stuff, uh, because they're not giving away more points for essentially playing your army with its most optimal units. So, uh, in the most point, monsters just as good, if not better. Uh, God tier monsters worse, uh, but normal monsters. I think are probably significantly better um, purely because you're not giving away points. You can turn off uh, the plus one save that normally negates your big rend two down to rend one, um, which is yeah, that's good. yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So they will feel more smacky. Yep, cool, cool, cool. Uh, James says, what are your hopes for the new Zench and Luminef books? What do you want to say the same and what would you like to see change? Uh, I'll quickly jump into this one. Zench, I don't care. I don't play them, but they'll just be bent because every Zench book that's come out has always been bent. Uh, Luminef, I, I can make the exact same comment about Luminef, to be fair. Every Luminef book that's come out has been pretty bent. Uh, but as a Luminef player, I'd like to see a bit more diversity outside of foxes and sentinels so specifically i'd like to see um some lrf units so like the cow temple is what people would know them as um you know the big cows themselves and then the a stone i can't remember what the fuck they're called now because no one ever plays them um addition i'd like to see some kangaroos played in there i'd just like to see some diversity in luminef i'd like to see um more incentive to take other units essentially and not have such like i'd rather have you know six good six really good or well, six good to really good units than like two to three outstanding units so that's what i would like to see it's just a bit more balance uh across the range so you know just so you could turn up to an army and be like hey bro i'm playing luminef and they'll be like oh fuck is it three foxes and 30 sentinels and you know, you've got it you know because that's what you would see with luminef um so i'd like to see something a bit more diverse than that so just you know the rising tide lifts all ships sort of thing uh jesse you got any comments on sentient luminev 
Yeah, uh, for Lumineth, just like you said, like I want to walk up to a table and find out I'm playing Lumineth and not have to ask them which of the two lists is it. Like, you know, like I want some some fucking diversity. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I think that like the Lumineth book, the current one, it's a bad book. Like when you only see 20% of the scrolls in every single list, it's a bad book. So like, yeah, I, I really hope for Lumineth players that like, just like you said, we see some uh some of the the stone the stone guys the cow guys uh i hope that you see kangaroos i hope you see the like blade master guys i hope you see like all all of that stuff and uh and more than that i hope that we get hippo riders for the for the water temple i want some like want some elves on top of hippos just doing doing their thing um a new temple would be dope i know people are so thirsty for turian like they are so fiercely for Tyrion, but I don't think he's coming to see it. Now we're gonna get the so my uh, my big pick is that we're gonna get um, the dual box. We're gonna get the Heaven Temple. So we're gonna get the Angel Elves, the Tyrion Elves, uh, with the Umbraneth, with uh, um, the reintroduction of, uh, of of that army of the of the actual dark shadow elves uh so doing like a like a light and dark box like a dual box just it's just too juicy for games workshop to not do that but that's not going to be this year that's going to be next year or the year after like we're we're a little ways away yet uh but i think we will see water temple i just don't know if we're going to see it in this book or next book because lumineth will get a book a year easy uh so um yeah yeah, and then for Zinch, um, yeah, it's going to be bent. <laughs> Zinch is always bent. Uh, my hope from the book, though, is that we see the mortal side of things um, actually get a good lift. Like, I want to see Karak Acolytes. I want to see Zangor, although, like, uh, Enlightened are now pretty good. But, like, yeah, I want to see the, mor- the mortal side, which I think is always the more interesting side of Chaos than the demons. I want to see them get a get a lift in the new book, so... Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Heaven and Shadow box, I think that's fucking printing money for GWGC. Actually, I never thought about that, but... Absolutely. Hearing, hearing you say just, it, it'll be like a Christmas yeah. release or some shit. Oh, or like, yeah. Or like a shit end of financial year release. We need some we need some dollars, and they will make 100%. so much money off that. Although Order on Order might be a bit funny, um, assuming they're obviously Order, the Shadow Elves, but... Yeah, I mean, they have done it in the past, so... Anyway. Uh, Stephen, any thoughts on Zench and Lumineth? Uh, yeah, so I have a Zench army that's just sat in my shed for months now, and I want it to be busted again, so that would be great. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy, it's going to happen, because <laughs> yeah. all of um, their books thus far have been pretty bent. Yeah, the whole time I've played, the like, the Zench book has been broken. Either it's been too strong or unplayable, so... I just want it to be too strong. And if the Lumineth book comes out and, like, Techless and Sentinels are just in the garbage, that would be fine. Uh, no problem. Yeah, I think after two years of seeing them, they could probably sit on the bench for a minute, eh? But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll definitely cover that book when it comes out because I have some big feels about that book. Tubby, my friend, your two favorite armies, elves with pointy hats and flappy birds that do whatever they want. So, I have nothing to say about either of these books but i do have a hope because jesse had a lot of hopes in in her talk i hope that the boat carrying these two books gets lost at sea 
Oh, yeah, they have okay. to play against <laughs> shit. <laughs> Shout out Total Eclipse. Let's go. Destiny Dice. Yeah, cool. Love it. Uh, so Bo. Bo has a, a little question here, which I am definitely not prepared for because I'm only reading these questions as I'm going through them. Uh, but Jesse, you might be able to answer these. Uh, maybe Steven, maybe even Tubby. But what's your top five cutest units? So let's find out what people are into. Let's go, Jesse. Top five cutest <laughs> units. Well, I, obviously, and this is how I replied on the on the thing to, to Bo's comment. But obviously, Bo is the cutest unit. So 100%, 100% cutie. Um, Shut up, Bo. But yeah, Bo, Bo is a legend. But besides Bo, um, all right. Uh, Knobblars, uh, sneaky snufflers. Um, oh, what, uh, you know what? That's that's it. Top two: Knobblars and sneaky snufflers. Stephen, my guy, what's cute to you? Uh, so I think definitely that little like mutant squig thing that comes with the fungoid cave shaman. That boy's cute. Uh, then outside of that, I don't know, I've probably just like most of like the goblin range. Like also skinks. Skinks are pretty sweet. Yep, cool. Tubby, you you got some cute units, bro. Man, I've got all five. No worries. The whole gobba palooza. Each one of those models is five five models. Well, that was fucking easy. Um, yeah, it was my, fucking easy. Yeah. Cool. And my cutest army would be any Crowdron Overlord's hero that's in a metal suit pretending to be something that he isn't is pretty cute. Being that silly little fucking dwarf. Look at that admiral. Like, the guy's in a clue. He's like three foot two and he's in a fucking little metal suit. That's just like, he's so delusionally cute, you know? Fucking good on him. The chemist, you know? I don't, I don't know. It's just like, it's a weird fucking question. I'm trying to make something out of nothing. Sorry, Bo. <laughs> I let you down. But dwarfs pretending to be more serious than they are is pretty fucking funny to me. Um, so Sean says, neither of us, Sean, so neither of two Sean's here, Sean V, uh, are we now in the meta that wants to be infantry focused? But because of bounty hunters, will it just become more of the same? Elite units or one or two big monsters? Jesse, how do you feel about, I mean, this is kind of like the hordes question, right? Because you normally hordes of infantry, but how do you feel about infantry essentially in this new GHB? Uh, yeah, I think that it's yes, yeah, sort of what we covered with the hordes question, and I'll I'll leave Tubby to like provide the real the real hot takes here because he's had much more experience than either me or Stephen have had. But um, yeah, I think that it is maybe like uh, a horde a horde meta like on the surface, but when you when you dig deeper, it's elite units and monsters all the way down. Yeah, like I think that it's it's a bit deceptive that way. I think that um, yeah, it, it's it's like the the bounty hunters and that kind of stuff is going to be where it's at. Um, stuff that that was good, like Gorgruntas and, and stuff like that, continues to be good um so yeah i think that this this ghb is interesting because i think a lot of people are like getting up in a flap about it but i think that kind of as sean alludes to it's it's kind of more of the same but more lethal and i don't know if if tubs will have a different take but yeah that's that's kind of how i feel feel it's going cool cool steven 
Yeah, I think, like, I am not a fan of the Bounty Hunters Battalion because I think it takes away from what could have been a great infantry focus thing to really mix it up. But, I mean, like, I think it's fine. Like, if your army wants infantry, you'll play infantry. And if not, like... This is about, like the Gold Crunchers list hasn't changed, right? Like you can still just one drop and wreck face. Yeah, it's it just got better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the dream. <laughs> so yeah, like I think it's fine. But yeah, like Tub seems to think that like hordes aren't great and that like everything dies. So like infantry probably don't just make the cut. Tubby, comments, my friend. Yeah, pretty much like I said before. I think uh, hordes are bad. Um, I think. Infantry for the most part is bad, uh, even if it's not battle line, just because it's fucking slow uh, most of the time. It's cool, you're not giving up GVs, you're not taking extra damage because you're a GV, but you're still slow as fuck, dude, on foot. Um, one good thing about uh, this addition is that mobility and little mobile units are a lot more useful, um, but mobility and mobile units being good means that infantry is just kind of worse. Um, so no, I don't think it's going to be infantry biased at all. I think it's going to be quite the opposite. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I hate anything that incentivizes more infantry on the board. Um, that's just me personally. <laughs> like, if you want lots of infantry, I'd, I'd rather play rank and flank instead of a skirmish game. Uh, I don't like heaps of models on the board. It slows the game down. Um, yeah, I still got fucking scars from. GHB 2016 or 17 or whichever one it was, which like incentivized infantry sort of much like this one did to some extent. Whereas if you had a unit of 20 day auto catch, regardless of what was on the board and playing Stormcast at the time, which is bullshit. So yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to see fucking endless zombies. I don't want to see endless black Kings. I don't like, I don't want to see fire slayers in general, but I don't want to see fucking hordes of them again. You know, I don't even like seeing hordes of Luminef. I mean, if that's what you need to do to win games, then I'll fucking sell out again. Like I said earlier, I'm a sellout, and I'll do it. But I would rather avoid masses and masses of infantry. Just my two cents. Uh, and last but not least, the last question that I've got here so far at time of recording is Sam, and this one's specifically for Stephen. So how many tournaments will Stephen going to sign up for and drop out of this season? And does he think he can prove on his efforts last year? Stephen, mate, how many tournaments are you going to sign up for? How many of them are you going to drop out? Is it going to be more than last season? Give us your honest answer, my friend. Uh, so, I mean, I'm now running more events this season, so hopefully fewer. But I think I still don't have Bart beat for the record. So we'll see how it goes. But hopefully fewer than last season. I mean, I, you think? Uh, you go. I was just going to say, I actually think the bigger flex is that you start organizing tournaments and then you and drop then out drop. of organizing <laughs> your own tournament. Uh, <laughs> Jesse and I have discussed this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just sent people a message on the morning, like a half hour before, and been like, hey guys, sorry, but uh, I can't be fucked. So, yeah. and then be like, got him, you know. But anyway, I guess that's why you're a duo and not just a solo actor. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it part of it is we want to have like a non-playing to all the time because we think that improves it but it's also because jesse's trying to hedge bets around me having young children <laughs> yeah i mean also two people make the work easier as well and you bring your own specialties to 
you know, tournaments and so on. And I hope Tubby doesn't mind me saying this, but like I'll do a lot of the pre admin um tournament admin and then he'll like run all the TOing and judging and rules queries and disputes on the day because that's like his wheelhouse. So I'll do spreadsheets and emails and word docs and he'll check them and then on the day he just you know, he's in his element. So I don't know. How do you feel about that, Tubby? Have I just rocked no, the boat or is that no, fair? Pretty much blow. We just play to our strengths. You you organize things. I don't respond to text messages. Um <laughs> I tell people they're being a fucking dickhead. You yeah. would rather not. So Yeah, yeah. Works, works well. Especially yeah, yeah. if you've got one on each side of the uh the spectrum there. Yeah, you do and you do a good job of it. I mean the first notorious Urania unfortunately had to had to pull someone aside for for cheating and um deal to that which is never an easy thing but um you seem to handle it like a pro so anyway that's just yeah just buy tubby beer on the day that's the way to his heart i'm guessing he likes panheads he likes superchargers so yeah all right that's all the listener questions so where to from here comp i think we should talk about comp because comp is very topical at the moment um, especially with a couple of the listener questions that we've just gone over. Uh, not only have me and Tubby just, well, in the process of formalizing the Notorious pack and for that to be released soon, Jesse and Stephen, both our guests, have obviously come on and said that they're running events and they've got a doubles event coming up, which they've had to comp as well, or they've chosen to comp, I should say. Um, I guess we should start with what does comp mean to all of us and then we can go around the table answer that question and then from there we can say you know do we think comp currently has a place and now again listeners take this with a grain of salt if you're listening back six months from now you know we're recording early july and if the world's changed and aos is fine and there's no need for comp because gw's updated something and you know at christmas time obviously it's not going to be relevant but at this current point of time because it's all we can comment on do we think it's appropriate so jesse what do you think the intent of comp or what do you like to see comp do first of all we'll answer that question and then we'll go around the table and then we'll go around about does it have a place in the current setting yeah so i think that um for me comp means the community has well the community or tournament organizers have decided that some part of the core rule set put forward by Games Workshop is not appropriate, bent, they don't like it, they don't want to use it, and so they decide it's not going to be at their events and therefore it's comped. Um, so that's how I guess how I would define comp. Um, I would define format as something different. And I think that's what we're going to lead into with this discussion a little bit regarding me and Steven's event. I consider that to be a format event. It is meant to be different than regular match play Age of Sigmar. And it's it's the format is designed because it's a doubles event and which has you know different um, different requirements than 2000 point singles match play. Um, so I think that, yeah, from my perspective, I really think that there is an opportunity and like formatting events brings a cool and different experience. I think comping in general, especially with competitive singles events, 
uh, is not something I'm a fan of. I would rather not see events comped, even if the experience might be a bit more balanced in some ways for some people in a comped event. I think to allude to what some of us have said, you know, earlier in the podcast, it creates a disparity. It means you can't compare stats in the same way. It means that uh, players have different experiences. I think that by and large, maybe this is jumping the gun, but I think by and large singles match play GT level events should not be comped for age of Sigmar. We should play the rules as written for better or worse. But again, I feel like there's a big opportunity in terms of format events to offer something different uh, in the community. Yep, cool, cool. Stephen, you got any ideas of, I guess essentially what I'm getting at is what does comp mean to you? Um, yeah, so to me, I guess like comping is just like effectively the TO just changing any aspect of the game as GW set it out. So like that could be as little as you know like banning units like doing stuff like with doc just being like they can't get the plus one um but yeah like i think comp does come in a lot of different ways that you can do it like but it's like obviously aos is a big game system so there's lots of different ways that you could tweak it and comp it cool tabby you got I know you don't like comp, dude, but yeah. how do you feel about it? How I feel about comp. The comp talk starts when a bunch of people on the internet get real sad about something being too good. And they go, hey, I felt sad about this. I want to comp this. I don't want this in the game. I think they should just fucking get over it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> most quintessential to be honest like, Jesus <laughs> Christ fucking get over this is exactly it. what um, I expected <laughs> nah I don't think comp is necessary in any way shape or form unless it's absolutely like a must do thing I think you know in the history of playing New Zealand Sigma which you know me and Sean have pretty much been here the whole time uh, the only thing that was comped across Pretty much every tournament in the country every time uh was the bellwind vortex uh back in the day like this is this is explaining why something should be comped because it fundamentally broke the game so how the bellwind vortex used to work is you could jump on top of an objective cast the bellwind the bellwind would sit on the objective if the guy on top of it died the bellwind stayed there how the bellwind would work is you couldn't come within three inches of it so essentially if you put it on an objective you would always control that objective and nobody could take it back and there's nothing you could do to take that bellwind off the board. That fundamentally breaks the game. People son taking a toy off because you put it within the fucking 15-inch street range or whatever it is is not fucking game-breaking. You're just being shit. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not a, not a fan. <clears throat> not a fan of comp. I like it where it's like absolutely necessary. Uh... For the most part, I think it's a lot of people crying. I'd rather things just be on the same page. Uh, another good example of when comp caused more issues than it was fucking worth uh, is Masters. What was it? 2019 or 2020 or something like that. Uh, yeah. All the North Islanders went to the South Islander, South mm -hmm. Island. Their comp was always that 
trees, counted as Sylvaneth Wildwoods or whatever, so you couldn't fucking see through the bastards. All these guys went down there not knowing it. They all got to the tournament with like shooting armies and bits and bobs, and they're like, oh, what? I can't see through trees. Like, you know, why is this necessary? Like, why do we need to fucking start doing that stuff? So unless it absolutely breaks the game, don't fucking touch anything. Everything comes from Yep. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I think comp is... I mean, I'm obviously going to reflect on my own ideas and thoughts when I talk about this, but when I think about implementing comp within a tournament or a gaming event or whatever you may want to call it, um, my intent as the person making those rules would be to improve player experience uh, regardless of what it is. I might not execute that well. I might fuck it up. But I think my fundamental belief is saying, hey, this is a little too good, or in the rare case, this isn't good enough, and maybe we can um, make some rules within the small ecosystem of this one tournament, this one climate, and try something a bit different. So that would be where I come to what I think comp is for a TO, and that's just my beliefs. Is I think it's just trying to improve the experience of the players at the tournament, much like Tubby was talking about with um, the Bellwind Vortex, which was previously comped and the likes. But otherwise, I, I try to play st- as strictly rules out of the box because I know there's been issues with comps before. The guys referenced earlier Fields of Blood and, and Paint Down, who was a big figure within the New Zealand Warhammer fantasy battle scene. And I know they used to do like Pete comp and Swiss comp and all that sort of shit. Um, which is just another layer for, for to be honest, it's another layer for entry for people who aren't that invested in tournaments that want to come along and play by a different rule set that they previously possibly weren't exposed to because they're just like casual Andes, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. They just want to play five games in a weekend and then you're like, hey, we're layering this different rule system on top of it. So, yeah, my, my belief is you're trying to improve the experience of the players and, and that's really it and that you're trying to make subtle adjustments, um, and that's strictly my thoughts. So now that we sort of all know where we stand with what we believe comp is or the intent or whatever it may be or how we view comp personally, do we think comp's appropriate in the current state of Age of Sigma in July 2022, you know, two weeks after we got the General's Handbook 22 to 23 Season 1 release, whatever whatever the fuck the official name of the Battle Tome is? Not the Battle Times, the handbook. Jesse, what do you think? No. Yeah. Uh, comp is, is not necessary. Uh, even at this early stage where we've, you know, got some things that are probably still going to be FAQ'd. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with everything that's been said, really. Um, and actually, like, as much of a fan of comp as I am, because uh, I I am a fan of comp, but I actually agree with Tubby. Like if, if, in the main, like I don't think that events should be comped. Um, and you think again, fucking crybabies? Yeah, I think so. Dude, uh, especially after, think, after a big that, release, they always are. Like, yeah, sorry to talk over you, Jesse, but no, go ahead. It's just the same thing. Fucking happens every time there's a new edition or a new GHB, is that, like, some shit's broken. How the fuck do we deal with it three months later? Something else is broken. But anyway, sorry. No, that's completely accurate. And, like, 
the thing we know about Games Workshop is that they are not good at balancing their games. <laughs> I I love Age of Sigmar. It is like not a very well designed game in some ways, and I'll I'll stand by that. I still love it. There's a lot of problems with it, but like you 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 play the way that the designers intended the game to be played at the current moment, and that means you use the rules that are available and X, Y, and Z. So yeah, I I think I agree with with Tubbs, and I agree with whatever everyone's already said in in terms of that. Like I think that if you go to a GT in New Zealand, generally you should get the same experience no matter which one you go to in terms of the rule set being played. I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, unless the event is like specifically set up to be a different style of event. And I think that like again to like lead back to our event, like I think there's some room for that, but like people like Tubbs just won't go. And that's fine. You know, like I think there should be other options, right? But like I think when it comes to running a two thousand point matched play GT RTC one day, two day, if you want it to be like counted for rankings and you want it to be, you know, part of the competitive system that the world engages in, it should be the default rule set. Um that being said, I'm super excited for our event, which is very comped. And uh, but that's it's a it's a doubles format. It's it's 1500 points. It's uh, it's intended to be played as its own sort of like part and parcel bundle, right? And it's not meant to be yeah. compared compared to a, a, a 2000 point match play GT. It's it's meant to be its own experience and hopefully be a cool and interesting challenge for its own for its own reasons uh but yeah i yeah i think we're so far we're kind of all on the same page with uh comp should be uh not present or as minimal as possible if there are things that are clearly game breaking yeah 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 i think those are some excellent points to be honest um and i think it's very well said Stephen. comp yes or no uh, so <clears throat> personally, I don't like comp particularly much. Like in match play events, I think at the moment with GW, how frequently they're going to be releasing the general's handbook every six months, uh, with like FAQs and everything, I don't think the game is going to get to settle to a point that comping would actually be relevant. Like the only time I think you should ever comp is if you have people stop showing up because the format that you're playing is so terrible and you want to reinvigorate to get new players back in if we're talking about say like 2000 gt style things but i just don't think like we're going to have that stretch of time for people to get bored of playing the game that comping would be relevant yep cool cool sean sweet tubby my friend so yes or no question is if it's right now are we comping if fucking notorious gt was next week <clears throat> i would be comping it for sure oh it's going against the grain i love it do tell me why uh all i would do it's very simple small comp uh just remove the bonus point from daughter's game that's literally it 
Daughters of Cain and any yet to be released armies before the cutoff date. Yeah. Yeah. Just remove the the bonus point. That's that's all the comp is. Um, small. It's not really going to impact list building or anything like that. Um, my issue with it is that if you score, say, hold one, hold two, hold more, and your battle tactic every turn and your grand strategy at the end of the game, uh, the daughters player wins purely because yeah uh, they get more points purely because they get more points from their battle tactic which i don't think is fair um i think it's completely fine that some armies fucking battle tactics are better than others armies i don't give a shit yeah um but scoring more points where no other army in the game is available to score more points uh, i don't think it's okay um so i would comp that mm-hmm. that being said if it was october when we are running notorious uh, and there's three or four books that have been dropped, which looks like there definitely will be. Um, and they can score extra points. Will I comp mm-hmm. it? No, it won't. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I. Um, this is, I it's, it's one thing impacting it. When there's multiple books, it is what it is, man. Fucking some armies have battle tactics, some don't. But when it's only one book with only. That's the only book that can possibly do it? No, nah, no way. The new books are always the best books. So the fucking next four books that come out are probably going to be the best books. It doesn't matter. They're going to be playing against each other most of the time. If they score extra points, they score extra points. They can both fucking do it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to be different just to be confrontational, to be honest, because I feel like this isn't entertaining podcasting because we're all like, yeah, no, we don't need it. <laughs> but but that's where that's where i sort of agree at this point in time it's i mean it's sort of overreactionary and it's kind of hip to have like a, a clickbaity title but i think for the minute we don't need comp as it stands right now um i agree with tubby and obviously i've got a bias because we've been talking about it but i think we should remove extra scoring from um whatever battle time has access to it because it's unfair if one battle time has access to it and the 18 of a battle time more updates, white dwarf updates don't have access to it. That's a bit shit. Um, you know, in two years' time, I assume every battle time is going to have an extra point available to them. So I don't think it'll be a topic of discussion at that point. Um, but at this point in time, I think it's, yeah, like I, I don't think it's that big of a, a deal to be honest. I mean, if we survived. If we survived all the prior shit that we did in Age of Sigma, and if you guys just think about some abusive combos that were out there, you know, just anyone, and just shout them out to me. We we survived them all. Like, we survived Foxes moving twice or three times a turn, whatever it may be. Uh, Tubby, you got one? We survived fucking Vanguard Wing, and you're crying about a fucking purple sun. Yeah, yeah, Vanguard you Wing was super hilarious. You fucking yeah, like I know that's going way back, but fuck me, there's been some horrendous shit in this game. Don't yeah. fucking cry about a sixty-point endless spell. I don't care. We survived death, like bringing back units from across the board and stringing them into combat, guaranteed into combat. Sorry, Stephen, what else did we survived? We survived Jimmy playing change hosts, right? So well, yeah, change hosts is another one, especially when you used to like, you know. Um, was it? Didn't you use to turn endless spells on yourself as well, and like get more points from that? And uh, yeah, watching Jimmy like send, I think it was like three or four endless spells into his own pink horrors just to like yeah. get points. Is basically what made me play Zanch. Yeah, and then also to double, you used to be able to double Chancho's move back in the day as well. 
where you could like move someone across the board because then she had that like if you're playing 18 inches then she in the kill box so you'd like move one forward gun down everyone then moves one back you know so i feel like i feel like the community has survived bigger problems but i do agree that there's a fundamental issue that if one of the however many armies are out there 20 armies 22 armies whatever you said tubby has access to additional points and no other army has or even if two or three or four or five armies if the minority have of armies have access to additional points for no reason other than they have a newer book that should probably be comped and addressed you know it's a bit it's a bit shit so so yeah that's how i feel about it unfortunately i'm sort of towing the line here um but yeah nothing to fired up or heated or debated there unfortunately so now that we've talked about what we think comp is and and how we look at comp and the rest of it team jesse Stephen, do you want to tell us about your doubles tournament where you might have got the inspiration for and what um changes you've made and, and what did you call it earlier jesse it was an event it wasn't quite a comp it was a i mean i would i would call it a format like, a format, um, that's it, yes. Yeah, it's like when you... Um, uh, like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but, like, like maybe when you... Um, uh, you play, like, different modes in, like, um, like, League of Legends or something. Like, you have different, like, game modes, right? Like, um, I guess that's the, that's the parallel, parallel that I would draw to something that we're doing is, like... My feeling is Age of Sigmar is built and balanced, if you, if you can call it balance, uh, at a 2K matched play level. You know, that that's the that's sort of the competitive balancing point. And then I my personal feeling is Age of Sigmar works less and less well. The um, the smaller points value that you play to. So if you play Age of Sigmar 2000 points, 1500. 1k 500 um i feel like the game works less and less well the sort of the lower points values you get um but even if it didn't even if it worked just as well um the idea with the event that we're running is we looked at doubles um because uh i think there's a number of really great things about doubles events um you know the the power of friendship you get to go to an event with a mate you get to strategize you get to shit talk other players other teams you get to you know come up with your coming plans together and um i think there's a lot of really cool things about the the doubles format i think with age of sigmar in particular though there's a lot of things that like are challenging with doubles like it's hard to play to time uh in a doubles format because there's you know, more deliberation between teammates. Um, and um, yeah, there's just a number of unique things that a doubles uh, a doubles tournament has to deal with that maybe a singles tournament does not. And so my thinking was, okay, so like how can we make a doubles event the best it can be? Like what would those changes look like? Um, and so I like to think that our, our player pack is uh, is addressing those things and is um, hopefully offering like a different way to play Age of Sigmar, a, 
uh, uh, fun collaborative uh, format that you and a mate can go to and have a nice two-day event uh, and uh, play some table talk with some friends and and have a good time and um, and ultimately play a different version of the game you love. Uh, so that's that's what we decided to to do for our for our first event. Um, we will be offering other events in the future. We've got a a 2K GT non-comped planned for probably late this year, depending on schedules and things. But yeah, we will be definitely offering as as uh, Pukeko Tabletop will be offering other types of events, and we definitely want to cater to the matched play GT community as well with non-comped events. But yeah, we figured for our first event, we'd do something different, we'd do something fun. Uh, so yeah. And I, I love that messaging that you've just put through in this show, and I hope that in the lead up to your event, um, you want like you promote that, you know, whether it be through your pack or through like word of mouth or just communication or, or branding, whatever you want to call it, because it's you're not saying this is how you should play Warhammer. It's not what you're saying at all. It's this is an alternative to play Warhammer. And if you want to try it out and do something different, you know, come along, have a look, you know, give it a go. And, you know, we'll have a chat about it and we'll go from there. It's not, I know the game better than you, so I think it should be done this way. And that's what I, that's what I like to hear as well. And I think that's a very, um, a key component of it. Absolutely. And like, we want to build the community and we want to be, um, really keyed into what people want to do. So, you know, if we, if we run this event and, you know, hopefully not, but <laughs> no one turns up and it's terrible, then, you know, we'll, we'll learn from that and we'll, we'll move on. But, um, we've had good response so far and, and I'm feeling good about it. But, um, Stephen, did you want to say something about it and give your, give your two cents? Yeah. So we figured for our first event doubles for us, I think is like the most fun way to play. Like one of the things I love about tournaments is traveling to an event with a group of mates. And one of the things I hate most about tournaments is then playing my mates round one through three. So we figured <laughs> yep. like doubles takes that out a bit. Um, and then like, we we're trying to promote like for this one, like Jesse was saying, and you were saying, it's like, we want it to be fun. Like we figure, we try to think of some stuff like some units that are sort of more problematic and we were like the god monsters and all of that so for this one the big comp we have is units can't cost more than 330 points which takes out a lot of like just like the big powerhouses no which, scarbrand rude yeah no scarbrand no more crusher no dragons and stuff like we think also a lot of these things we thought of like sort of prior to the ghb but we were like it's close enough that we'll just go with this see how it goes we also figured um forcing stuff like basically each teammate has to have a different grand strategy because that forces armies to be somewhat more diverse and hopefully more interactive so we basically just want people to have a good time sweet no it sounds um it sounds good you know, and, and I like it. I like the vibe. I, I'm a big fan of like tournaments that have a vibe or have a point of difference, say, and not just like your standard five game match play. Because I feel like there's two sides of it, right? There's one side of it, I look at it as a business transaction because you're asking people for money and you want their money to fund the tournament to bring your vision to light. And that's one way to look at it. Or you can just look at it and like, 
oh, I'm just going to do it because no one else is doing it. And I just want to get the community together, and that's cool. So, like, I think it depends on what sort of approach you take. But I generally try to take the more transactional side when I look at these bigger ones. But, yeah. Um, I mean, like, other than what you guys have said, do you guys want to tell us about when it is and how we, you know, get involved and the rest of it? Yeah. So, um, it is the first weekend in August. So, August 6th and 7th. Um, so it's a two-day event. Uh, it's at Hobby Master in Auckland. Um, they're hosting us for our first event. So shout out to Andy for for all of his work in, in making this happen and um, giving us a leg up, kind of starting this new venture. So uh, so cheers to him. Um, but yeah, so in Auckland, August six and seven, we've got uh, hopefully a couple of Wellington folks already who are thinking about coming up. So I'd love to see. Um, more people, if they, you know, if they feel like they want to and they're interested in the event, um, traveling, that would be that would be amazing. Um, but um, yeah, otherwise, it's you know, it's one of those things where um, it's uh, it's definitely something different. So um, you know, there's plenty of, of other GTs and single events that are that are available. But um, yeah, hopefully. You want to try something different if you want to have some fun if you want to you know get the parts of warhammer that 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 we think are 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 super super fun it's the yeah it's the it's the traveling it's the you know companionship it's the it's the you know getting to talk about your favorite hobby with you know people who are as into it as you are uh kind of thing it's that's the essence we're trying to trying to bottle in in, in some ways with this event um and uh yeah a lot of the things we've done in terms of comp are just you know things that we think allow the game to function sort of more smoothly at a lower points level um and uh, with some of the constraints in terms of time that a doubles event has to take into consideration so um yeah uh and i guess i would also shout out um just because i borrowed borrowed some stuff for the player pack um, from the Honest Wargamer. Like he's been doing some, uh, they've been doing some uh, some events using like a heavily comped 1K format. Uh, and so like I pulled some of the, the stuff, like the no unit costing more than 330 points. I pulled that from their pack and then also shouting out to the, uh, the Hamilton Immortals guys because uh, lifted um, something from their pack, which is that, you're allowed to share 50 points of your list. So like, say uh, you've got, um, in our case, it's uh, 750 points for each player. So 1,500 per team. But within that, you're allowed to transfer 50 points from one teammate to the other. So say you build the list and like, we've all been there, like you build your list, it's exactly what you want to take. It has all the combos, it's hot fire. 755 points it's five points over you know and you're just like fuck i think we've all been there um and uh so in, in this format there's 50 points you can sort of transfer up to 50 points from one player to the other so i can build my list at you know 755 um as long as my teammate builds at 745 
you know so uh there's there's that little bit of, of swing going on um which i think is it makes building lists at lower points levels a little bit easier as well so uh shout out to the hamilton immortals guys for giving us that idea but um yeah yeah that's 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 basically it it's just uh something a little bit different um and uh stay tuned for other events from us um some some more traditional style events as well and also hopefully some other events with different systems too um me and steven both are super into malifaux so we're looking at holding a malifaux event this year um maybe some marvel crisis protocol if we get into that we've been looking at that as well so yeah some cool things on the horizon i think awesome love to see it have you got any questions my guy uh no i think now that you know these two have had an opportunity to talk about it um understanding sort of what they're trying to do with their events it it kind of reminds me of uh a tournament that i really want to go to and i've always really wanted to go to um that's i wouldn't say comped but it's just like it just changes the rule set in its entirety so it's sort of not it's not i wouldn't call it a competitive AOS. what event do you want to go to it, i want to know i want to go to it I'd, I'd call it its own it's 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 its own event and it always has been like that and that's chris's event um chris welfare's event where he made his own scenarios and stuff for sydney it. slaughter sydney slaughter yeah um i always thought that event was really cool because you know we play the same fucking scenarios for a year or 18 months or however long the ghb feels like being that year um and having a cool mix-up and i've always wanted to sort of do the the same thing um and and make my own scenarios and stuff like that obviously i've always wanted a king of the hill scenario which the vice kind of was uh last ghb um but yeah i think they're really interesting um and it's cool to have something different as well not just competitive the same competitive tournaments where the same stuff gets played the same way so no i think it's really cool and it's really it's maybe more inviting for newer players as well um to have something that's not sort of not branded as so much of a just your standard cut and dry tournament um something where you know the idea is that hey this might be a bit more fun this event um so yeah no i think it's cool i think it's great what they're doing too because for a long time auckland has not really had much of aos scene so having some people up in auckland pushing a scene is um is fantastic in the biggest city so big props to you both yeah cheers uh, and i just want to say that at this last masters uh two of the top four were from auckland so i just want to just want to give give that shout out to uh the auckland uh, folks and we, we we do have a scene here but <laughs> It's been quiet for some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it started to ramp up, which has been obviously like yeah, yeah, for um, sure. you're making an impact when you're especially when you're working at Mighty Ape and being able to get um prize support and stuff like that for the events, oh. which makes them a lot easier to run. <laughs> to run. Um, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good because you know, I want the scene to obviously grow as much as it can. So having um having frequent stuff in Auckland is good. And I know Oh, I'm gonna fuck it up. Is it Andy's shop? Yeah, Hobby Master. Yeah, yeah Hobby Master. Yeah. Hobby yeah. Master's been um been really ramping them up, which I think has helped a lot with um the Auckland scene from somebody on the outside looking in. Um, 
and yeah, just the more of that, the better, because it's been Wellington dominant AOS for pretty much its entire time. So that's good. Mm. Yeah, and speaking of Wellington being dominant, uh, shout out Wellington for having the only uh, the only city that has two individual masters living in it. So you know, shout out us. It's pretty cool being me and Michael. So let's go Wellington. Um, all right, guys, we've spoken about listener questions. We've spoken about comp and what it means and is it appropriate. And we've spoken about uh, Pukeko Tabletop's first organized event coming up. Is there anything else you guys want to have a yarn about before we um, transition to a wrap-up, essentially? And this is an open question to absolutely anyone. Okay, Jesse, do you want to talk about anything else? Because I, I, I think we're all being... Oh, Tubby, Tubby, do you want to talk about anything else? I see that you'll, you're itching. Uh, no, Ben, I just uh, flicked it on. I think we obviously have Notorious coming up uh, not too far away now. I think that's something to talk about on a separate podcast once the pack's out yep. and stuff. But pack's very yep. much here. It'll be out probably by the time we drop this episode. Yep, that's um, my hope. Unless I drop it tonight. My wife is literally in the lounge, so room not far from me, building the website, or finishing the website, I should say. Yeah. Um, and that's been one of the holdups, is that we want to have a website for it instead of just relying on the old Facebook because that's harder for international groups and it's just harder to manage through Facebook. But continue, Toby. But, yeah, I, th- uh, I don't have anything to add other than keep posted for the notorious stuff and keep posted for the Pukiko stuff. So unless these other guys got something to say. Jesse, we'll go with you. Got anything to say? Uh, yeah, just that I'm super stoked for notorious. I've got, um, as soon as the, the packs out and tickets are available, I'm, I'm there. So I'm real excited to come down and, and see you guys again and, and, uh, show a bit of what Auckland has to, has to offer in the, in the competitive scene and uh yeah just to get to play at like a bigger event like it's one of these things where you know hopefully us up in auckland running some some bigger events or trying trying to get to that point and then you guys down to wellington it's gonna really help the community to grow but um you know i always get jealous talking about like sydney slaughter and, and all this kind of stuff like looking at oz right and like they get like routinely like 40 60 80 people events you know and it's just like that must be so much fun you know so i'm really excited to to have notorious happening again this year and hopefully for it to be a uh you know a a larger event than than we've had recently and i know because you guys are running it's going to be high quality so i'm i'm stoked well jesse you can come to australia with us when we go i'm sure there's some people that would like to meet you especially now that you're a multi-millionaire so, um, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's definitely you know something that we can we can do. And I mean, obviously we've been living the whole world's been living with COVID right for the last couple of years. In New Zealand, we're far more sheltered than the rest of the world, so we're just a bit more delayed in getting back to the bigger events. But um, I expect demand to be pretty high. And I guess, excuse me, sorry, I, I don't know what happened there. I forgot to breathe. Um, and I expect tickets to to go up pretty quickly but steven you got anything to add my friend otherwise we'll just let's wrap it up 
uh, yeah, just also keen for Notorious. It was like the first big event I went to for AOS, and I think it's still like the best event I've gone to for Wargaming to date. So keen to come back for the next one. Actually, just thanks, bro. First of all, thank you. Appreciate your words. I'm sure Toby does too. Um, just quickly, what do you guys want to do? Now that we're getting back into the swing of AOS and we've just had a GHP, what do you guys want to get into over the next 12 months? Just quickly, Jesse. What do you? What, what's your plans, like you as an individual, for the next 12 months? Personal goals, group goals, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. hopes, ambitions, and the rest of them. Yeah, so for the next 12 months, uh, I want to obviously run some events. Uh, so we've got one on the books. Um, in the next 12 months, I'd like to run two to three GTs. Uh, might be ambitious, but we'll see how we go. Um, on a personal level, I want to travel for more tournaments. So um, I'd like to hit three to four Wellington events this year, uh, or this year and next year, next 12 months. Um, I want to go to at least one or two events in Oz. So um, looking at CanCon this year for sure. And I'd like to get to another event over there as well uh, in this next 12 months. Um, and then on uh, an army level, um, I uh, like to finish my night haunt and uh, I'm probably bringing them to Notorious. So that should be good. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Cool, cool. Stephen, plans next 12 months? Uh, I want someone to sell me some fucking Cruel Boys. But I mean, basically, I want to finish my Cruel Boys army. Um, I want to go to more events. Like, I kind of want to go to an international event like Jesse. I did ask my wife if I could go to AOS Worlds for the next one because it's in the Netherlands. And she asked me if I was fucking stupid. So that's probably. Not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, so, so. That's, that, that's the thing I found about having a family row is that, like, <laughs> you know, like, unless you've got, like, a real, I don't know, isolated spouse, is that, um, and it's and it's a barrier for entry for us, right? So, like, the flights alone are expensive, and the flights these days, fuck, man, flights are expensive these days all of a sudden. Yeah. It's post-COVID it's... world, but, like, as much as I'd love to go to fucking the Netherlands to play Hammer, which I could, financially do then i'd have to tack on my wife and my son and then would have to instead of being like a week would have to do like two to three weeks and would have to do like other parts of europe and all of a sudden it becomes way more expensive but i don't know if anyone knows how to like navigate those waters you know do you guys know james brown james brown seems to do all the time he's an organ guy oh yeah yeah. i don't i mean i assume he just has a fucking lot of money but he moved back right didn't he move back to the uk I'm not entirely sure. Dan Shorts and him are like best mates, so I should just ask Shortsy Boy about it. But anyway, that's that's the thing. So yeah, yeah sorry, keep going. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, historically, I've just like yeeted off for the weekend and gone to events. My wife's pretty good with that, but she really wants to get a new kitchen. And so, like being like, I want four to five grand for like a trip to play with toy soldiers is probably a non-starter. But yeah, like I want to finish Crawl Boys. I want to like actually like win. Uh, five round event that would be sweet um other yeah, than that yeah oh sorry <laughs> yeah oh no keep going i'm just saying these uh, are like these are good things keep going yeah um other than that like probably just like finish painting an army is probably high on my should be done list 
whatever. Instead of just like squeaking something past the TO and being like, if you squint, it looks like it's three colors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me, you got any goals? Five over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, you got any goals over the next 12 months, my guy? Uh, well, now it's racing Steven to the uh, first Crawl Boys 5 0. Let's go. Uh, but he's probably got a leg up because <laughs> there has to be a lot of stars aligned for me to make it to an event. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, I get to go with one. Um, this year, cool. That's so, not my own. So, so Tubby's goal is make it to an event, event. To, to one event. <laughs> fuck, bro, that's like it's fucked up, eh? <laughs> it is such a wet fight after what we heard Jesse and Stephen talk about. You know, like fucking good times, pumping up the community, and you're just like, I just want to go to an event. Come on, Tubby, you can do better. Man, than I just that. want to get off TTS for a second and get. <laughs> that's yeah. seriously. When I look at my roster, when I see. Tournaments drop, I'm like, nope, can't go, yeah. nope, nope. Yeah, okay. So what I, since you were boring, Tubby, I'll try to speak for the both of us in this one. I'll go, and I'll shoot very high. So next 12 months, I want to obviously run our own event. I want to travel to more local events. I've decided I'm going to play less video games and play more tabletop games because video games are a big love in my life, and I've loved them forever. Um, and by playing lots of video games and also trying to juggle tabletop games, I don't have as much time for my family. So it's like you sacrifice one for the other, right? So I've decided I'm going to sacrifice video games and I'm going to try to play more uh, tabletop games. I want to go to CanCon and I'm going to make a public declaration that I want to do well at CanCon. Um, I've done four two. The last two CanCons I went, one I did top 20, one I did 50-ish, like in the 50s. I want to beat both of those. I would like to crack a top 10. That's not a podium. Um, I want to run a, another notorious event, which means I'll be briefly spoken about over drinks. I don't even know if he remembers this. Uh, in the first, second quarter of next year, that's a different format than what we currently run. And then towards the end of, towards the end of that 12 month period, so July, June next year, I'd like to start spinning the wheels for a New Zealand AOS team for 2024. And I think that's the ultimate goal at the end, is getting the wheels in motion for a world team for 2024. And I think as a community, we need to start having that conversation if we want that to happen, because there's obviously multiple barriers that need to be overcome for individuals to achieve that. Uh, me and Stephen literally just spoke about the family part. There's obviously a big cost part. And then there's also getting like eight people on the same page. So I think that's those are my goals over the next 12 months is one notorious event, a second notorious event yet to be named. Uh, go to Australia, do what I can con, and then travel more domestically for tournaments and then start thinking about drawing up a team for Worlds in 2024. So if you want to join me on that bandwagon, reach out and we'll start talking about it. But um, at the moment, it's a pipe dream. And we'll, you know, teamwork makes a dream work. So we'll see if we can we can knock that out. Jesse, you want to say something, my friend? <laughs> can you see my mic flicking on and off? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, she wants she's got something to say. Come on. No, Mike, no, no. It's, it's, like a, 
I'm just I'm I'm 100% with you for for Worlds 2024. I'm 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 there. Like I'm one of those people that like is fortunate enough that I could go this year, but like I know that New Zealand and like the New Zealand player base is not ready for that this year, you know. So, um yeah, but I'll be I'll be ready for for 2024 uh for for sure. Um but like I, I think about it in like listening to like um to Sam Morgan on the Australian team talking about his experience at Worlds and um, about just like how much like practice and strategy and like intent you have to have to compete at the Worlds level and like how the Australian team like just didn't didn't quite realize just the the, the level that you need to be able to like compete at in terms of like the the pairings process and like the um the like building the lists for the format and like it's just it's it's a much bigger thing than just like traveling for an event like it's it's um i think for that reason alone i think that like the new zealand community is not ready um and i think that if we want to put it together a team that represents well yeah we need to start now and we need to start like like getting the, getting the team together over the next 12 months and like if we want to do it we got to like yeah because we got to do it we got to put in the work and that's a big commitment so like yeah we, we gotta gotta take our time to to get that sorted out but i'm I'm super i'll be super into that and i but one of my like life goals is to represent new zealand at uh at aos worlds so 100 i'm in for that yeah i agree i think it's just a lot of planning and preparation that needs to go into it and i think first of all we probably need realistically 18 months because of the financial costs and the geographical location and then secondly I, I, th I think you just need to um also figure out the team's identity like are we are we going to go just to compete and just say we exist Or are we going to go to say we're going to go compete and try and make a name for ourselves? And I think depending on what the answer to specifically those two questions are, and there could be more questions, you know, it could be like we want to compete, but we want to be best sports. We want to just have fun or we just want to be those fun loving Kiwis. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is because it's a it's a team effort. But I think you need to figure out that identity. And then I think you need to start working towards that identity as well. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff to go on there, but what do you think about that, Juicy? Yeah, 100%. I think it's much more than just can we get there. I think that there's, like, yeah, exactly what you said. Who do we want to be? What do we want to achieve? What are our goals? And that's only something you can decide as a team and, like, what our identity is. And, like, yeah, it's, it's one of the many reasons why I think that, like, this year is is way too soon. Like, like we're not ready. Um but yeah, I think that if we start that process and start thinking about it and start sounding out people for 2024 and, you know, and get that going early and, and build up a head of steam and, and um, do some fundraising and, you know, like, you know, really, really attack it uh, as, as a team and as a, as a long-term project, I think, I think we can get there and we can, we can do our thing. And whether that thing is, like you said, just to show up and be, be best sports to be be that kiwi spirit you know or whether that's to go there and try to you know really really compete at a top level uh, i think that you know whatever our goal is i think we can get there but yeah 
I agree. I think the identity is important to it, and I feel like the least we can do is start having a conversation about it because we need to start these conversations before we actually do something. So that will be a goal of mine probably come early 2023, to be honest, is to start looking at that and how do we approach it. And, I mean, first of all, you need eight people, preferably nine, and if there's not even eight people interested, then shit, it can't even happen. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's that's just what I want to do for the next 12 months. And that's more or less all I'm going to say. Lads, Jesse, any, anything else we want to touch on before we wrap it up? Otherwise, I'll just try send it off in this awkward fashion that I always fucking do. Tubby, what do you got to say? Weekly shitlist is back. <laughs> weekly shitlist. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. What is the weekly shirtless, my friend? It's it's it was something I was doing pretty consistently on Twitter, uh, which was putting together a list with either no battalions or what was it? No battalions or no something. Um, obviously now battalions not the way they used to be. Um, now it's sort of just I guess units you don't see, weird combos you don't see. Um, cool weird lists that either do much better than they're supposed to or just have a cool trick to them. So um, keep a look at it on Twitter. It's probably the most engaging thing I've done on Twitter so far. Um, and it's a lot of fun. i got got way more downtime now. Um, so it's a good way for me to spend some time and keep thinking about the hobby. Excellent. Awesome, my guy. Well, with that, I'm just going to look to wrap this up. So... Jesse, Stephen, Pukiko Tabletop, thank you very much for spending your Sunday evening, afternoon, whatever you want to call it, with myself and Tubby. Thanks for talking about some Warhammer, and you guys stay beautiful. And listeners, thank you very much for lending us into your ear holes. And we'll catch you again next time when we figure out what we're going to fucking talk about. All right. Cheers, guys. Later, bro. Cheers. Thanks You've been listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar with Sean and Tubbs. Like what you heard? Then leave a review or check us out on Twitter at AOSSean89 and AOSTubbs. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.